Finally, wrestling has come to Boozy Bracketology. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Boozy Bracketology. My name is Chris, and for the entire month, we are diving into the world of sweat-stained soap operas known as the world of wrestling. Uh, Rowan 100% stole that from you, by the way. Thank you for the inspiration. I, I like your turn on it, sweat-stained soap operas. I always call it the muscle-bound soap opera. I like your turn on it. <laughs> oh, come on. With people like uh, Big Daddy V, we can't really call it muscle-bound. <laughs> we are here to determine the best wrestling faction, and we are going to get started with our panel first. Uh, from the OMG group of podcasts, specifically and best known for his amazing work on Trivial Warfare, Mr. Chris Hollister. Chris, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking slash eating? And tell us about uh, Trivial Warfare for the, the one person listening to this that has never come home. <laughs> that's, hey, uh, that's, that's Hall of Famer Chris Hollister. Put, oh, put some respect on his name. Oh my gosh. No, I try to forget. I try to make sure people forget about that part. Anyway, Chris, good to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. What am I drinking? I, uh, as most people know, I'm a teetotaler, so I am drinking the Coke of Zeros. And so I will be uh, continuing to drink that. I know it's not brewed. I was thinking about making some uh, some sweet tea being here that I am in the great state of Florida or semi-great state of Florida. Uh, but what am I eating? Well, I'm eating a uh, semi-sweet uh, peanut butter chocolate, uh, uh, mini chocolate cup cake, or cups from uh, a place called the Trader of Joe's. And so, uh, yes. And so I'll be munching on those throughout the night and everything like that. But, uh, for the, uh, as you said, for the people I've not heard, um, I, I am one of the founding members of a, of a, a podcast community by the name of Trivial Warfare. Uh, I was on the show for the first give or take 400 episodes. I've taken a step back, but the show continues on, especially with three additional amazing hosts along with Jonathan Carmel and Ben. We also have, uh, we're going to say Nick Rose eh, and, uh, and then Zakia and Aaron, um, who are just amazing. Uh, and, uh, we just, I just adore the show as a, as a whole and everything like that. And also the cool part about the show is I had a fortune, I, I was fortunate enough to meet all of y'all. And for that, that's a blessing and a half. So, uh, but happy to, um, take off my, uh, and not answer any trivia questions tonight, which is I'm thankful for and get to talk about one of my first loves, which is wrestling. And, um, and so I'm very excited about that. So thanks for having me on, sir. Uh, Chris, my friend, it's good to see you. I'm assuming we'll hopefully see you down here next June for yes. the race series. Yes, absolutely. Go Cubs, you go. May be, you may be a teetotaler. That series, I will not be. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? How about you have one for me? Just one? If you strolled along well if it doesn't matter then i'm not going to tell you oh wait yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> this is a uh delicious apple cider and fireball whiskey and spicy ginger beer uh concoction and uh you know it's 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 a school night gotta work at 10 in the morning but what the hell uh we're here to talk about uh as chris said you know one of the 
the oldest hobbies uh, I can remember having. I started watching professional wrestling when I was 10 years old uh, with the black scorpion angle in WCW. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that hooked me. It was garbage. But, you know, when you're 10 years old, you just want to see a man make, do bad magic tricks. And, you know, I it, guess that could be worse. You could have said Shockmaster. Oh, no, listen. <laughs> God, God love Fred Ottman. That, that man just said <laughs> bad timing. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to make some awful choices down the road. I think I think the first round is fairly pretty easy. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, famous, uh, last yeah, famous last words. Uh, spoiler alert, NWO sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you heard some controversial opinions already. You can direct the hate mail towards... Mike.turner at somewhere in MyrtleBeach.com. Truth. All right. Next up, uh, you know him from his wildly popular, wildly popular uh, Twitch stream. Baney, oh, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? It ain't that popular yet. I am doing well. Um, also a huge avid wrestling fan and wrestling podcast host as well with my fiance. I have a podcast called Learn the Ropes where I teach my fiance everything I can about pro wrestling. We recently moved into a house, so that has been on the back burner. I'm hoping, hopefully by the new year, we'll be putting out some new episodes. We're kind of going through the history of pro wrestling right now, and we're about to enter the Monday Night Wars. So we're going to have some fun with that. It's going to be really, really good. We just finished, our latest episode was on uh, what happened with the NWA and then how that led into the McMahons getting into power and what happened from there. Um I am drinking tonight from Common House Aleworks in North Charleston, South Carolina, uh, in the Park Circle area. This is, yeah, Common House Aleworks. Uh, this is the Air is Salty, which is their ghost beer. So I'm going to. Nice. It is a very, very nice sour. I love it a lot. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right, let's go ahead. Let's meet our next uh, contestant panelist, Rowan Ward. Rowan, tell our listeners a little bit about you. How you doing? What you drinking? My name is Rowan Ward. I live in Chicago. And as far as watching wrestling, it's definitely something that I have kind of gone to and from and to and from at various points in my life. I started watching... When I was in elementary school, second grade, third grade, I remember in third grade, my parents telling me that, no, I could not give wrestling valentines to my entire class. Aww. I could only give them to like <laughs> two or three people in the class Aww. who knew me well enough that their parents weren't going to be mad that they were getting wrestling valentines, which, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> and then I sort of got away from it. Then I got back into it a bit in the late 90s when I was in high school, like 98, 99. And then I got away from it for a long time. And then it's a little ridiculous how I came back to it. I came back to watching wrestling. I remember it was uh, Christmas Eve of last year. And I specifically remember it was Christmas Eve because I had nothing planned. So I was like, what the hey? I haven't watched a Royal Rumble since I was a child. They have all these Royal Rumbles on Peacock. So, you know, I took one of the fun gummies. Yes, they're legal in Illinois. Turned on an old Royal Rumble. 
And it was just like, oh, this is really fun. And then I remember at one point I watched the most recent, which was the 2022, which of course, even going back to it months later, it's like, oh, 2022 is freaking awful. But what really struck me was just the vibe and the rhythm and everything. It was still just so familiar and so comforting. And there was so much in it that felt like I remembered when I was a kid. So it was just this wave of nostalgia that kept me coming back and catching up on the wrestling and watching the new stuff as it came out. And so now I'm, you know, the last year I've gone from, I never watched wrestling anymore to definite, you know, WWE and AEW mark. I went to my first ever live wrestling event, that first collision in Chicago back in June, um, went to, um, went to All Out and another collision when it was back here. I'm going to three wrestling shows later this month. I'm so excited. I'm so going jealous to, of you. <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to Dynamite because that's in Chicago on the 22nd, and then SmackDown and Survivor Series. So it's like, you know, Rowan's birthday week. So much muscle bound soap opera. It's going to be awesome. So, so yeah, jealous. that's kind of a bit of my history with wrestling. And as far as what I'm drinking, I have a can of. Here we go, India Pale Ale from Modern Dune Brewery in Chicago, Illinois. So let's see what this can does. Oh, beautiful. You know. Beautiful beer. You know, I was thinking about it, and it's too bad you were not in elementary school in the early 2000s, because then you could have just given out John Cena Valentine's Day card, uh, and it would have been fine because nobody would have seen him. There's the first one. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring up John Cena, though, only because, like, I kind of love just one of the ways that I sort of quote unquote catch up on things is I love watching, like, wrestling top 10 lists or whatever on YouTube. Yep. And there was one that dropped today that was basically like gimmicks that spun off of old gimmicks. And the video made the argument that there was a lot of, you know, thugonomics rap era John Cena that spun off of PN news and man, it was nice to see PN news get his flowers. Cause like second <laughs> and third grade Rowan PN news was my absolute favorite. I got a PN news shirt for Christmas and everything. PN news was the man. That's so cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, Chris, I, I gotta give you, I gotta give you credit for that joke. Cause uh, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're moving on. Last, but certainly never least, we've gotten him out of his baby oil bath. Alan Creasel, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Um, sure. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> all right. I am in Jacksonville, Florida. I am drinking from Ruby Beach Brewing, which when you were here for the Trivial Warfare meetup, that was the first establishment we went to. This is their oh, Scallywag awesome. Fruited Sour. It is with a sour with prickly pear and passion fruit. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, we'll take it. We'll take it. Before we get in some picks, I got myself a little beverage. Using the Tim Dipple patented two-step can pop. <laughs> this is from the Spotzel, Spetzel, Spotzel, whatever, brewery in Shiner, Texas. Uh, this is the Shiner Holiday Cheer. It is their holiday brew, their holiday brew. It is an ale brewed with peaches and pecans. Yes, pecans, not pecans. You uncultured swine. Pecans, oh, oh, oh. five ever. That's right. This, by the way, is delightful. It is a wonderful 
sweet ale. Uh, the peach really comes through there. Big, big fan. We are moving on. Mr. Hollister, you're going to get us started. The one seed, D-Generation X. The 16th seed is a winner of a play-in game. Before we go any further, if you're a Patreon subscriber and you want to hear the play-in games that are all over on our Patreon feed, go check last week's episode. If you want to hear the argument in the play-in games with these five panelists, patreon.com slash PTEBB will get you access to that and all the bonus content. And not only Boozy Bracketology, but our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience. Chris, you're kicking us off here, though. Degeneration X or... The fabulous Freebirds. So, Chris, are you ready? I said, "Are you ready?" I uh, well, one before I start, I have to say this. Uh, I used to be a youth minister back in the day, and one of the ways I would bring the kids in from uh, being all crazy and playing games and whatnot is I'd say, "Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages," <laughs> and uh, I would go through the whole routine very poorly in front of all those kids. So yes, even uh, even back in the uh, late two thousands uh, or early two thousands, excuse me, I was a uh, uh, probably steering kids in the wrong direction towards wrestling. Uh, with that said, if y'all listened and, and and if you didn't listen to the Patreon episode, what the heck's wrong with you? I mean, seriously, um, you heard in that that I cannot stand the fabulous Freebirds. I do not like them. Uh, Sam, I am. I'm not a fan one bit. And uh, and so this is a very easy selection for me. D Generation X. I mean, you have. Pretty, uh, every single one of them that are in there are Hall of Famers, uh, literally, because of DX. They're individually going to be Hall of Famers. And uh, I enjoyed them very much when it was just the original, uh, when it was just the original with Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels. They were great. I thought they became even better when uh, when Shawn, or excuse me, when uh, Triple H had that fantastic Raw moment where he said that uh, just uh, Shawn's gone. And when you do, you have to look to your friends. And he brought every, uh, and he brought, uh, he brought uh, X Pac out, and uh, and the rest is history. And uh, again, they've given me some of my favorite moments in wrestling of all time. I just rewatched the video uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, of uh, DX storming uh, WCW, uh, and I think it was Norfolk, Virginia, if I remember correctly. And was just it's it's fantastic now, and gave me so many goosebumps as I did when I first watched it. And so, yeah, uh, DX as the one seed, a true, um, I mean, a true one seed, and should probably soar, probably at least into the Sweet Sixteen, if not the uh, Elite Eight, um, um, in this um, in this whole thing. So, yeah, DX without a question. DX picks up the first vote. Turner, over to you. Yeah, this. Uh... I could hem and haw about, you know, I, I made my case for the free birds in the playoff round, but uh, this is, this is where, this is where the ride stops boys. Uh, DX held at one point in time, every championship in the Federation, uh, multiple intercontinental championships, Xbox was European champion, multiple tag team titles for the outlaws. China was the women's champion, RIP, Joni Lauer. Uh yeah, they, and the IC they, champion at one point in time too. Right? Yeah, she was she was yeah. not in DX. She was not in DX. Not at DX. That point, okay, not in DX. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, all that doesn't matter. Like they they sh- when you think of the Attitude Era, the most financially successful era for the WWF, uh, you think of The Rock, you think of Steve Austin, and you think of DX. Uh, I. I will I will argue for them more in later rounds, but yeah, this is DX. 
Now, Mike Turner thinks he can tell us what to vote for. Let's see if it worked. Bainey, you're up. Yeah. So for me going into this, uh, I actually I didn't vote for the Freebirds going in. So listen to the Patreon people always be plugging. Um, going into this, you you have the Freebirds again. I argued about the Freebird rule. We wouldn't have a lot of good championship opportunities and matches due to that rule if it wasn't for the Freebirds. But it's DX people. What this is the heyday of the WWF. This is again, yeah. This is like when people think Attitude Era, they think Stone Cold, The Rock, and DX. That those are the three things that people think of when you hear of the Attitude Era. Sure, you have a couple other things in this, but I mean, they do have one very, very frowned upon segment in their history uh, that. Um, wasn't very tasteful looking back on it, but overall it is definitely going to be DX getting my vote here. DX has the next vote. We're going over to Rowan. If you're not down with DX, I've got two words for you. Suck it! That was the greatest just, thing I've ever seen on camera. <laughs> it's just... It's just iconic. It was so much fun back in the 90s. Um, did I think when I was a teenager that when I got old, I would still find that funny? No. Like, I thought adults got boring and stopped finding things like people running around and doing crotch chops and telling each other to suck it funny. And no, fortunately, that is not a thing. I am 40 years old, and I still think that is some of the funniest stuff in the world. It's just... Great. Um, particularly, you know, the New Age Outlaws coming out. I love watching the New Age Outlaws coming out and Road Dog doing his whole spiel and then badass Billy Gunn putting the cherry on top. Big time Billy Gunn stand, by the way. Big time Billy Gunn stand. But anyway, just DX was exciting then. I still find them exciting. I love going back and watching them be vulgar and silly and their crotch chopping selves it's gotta be deep now, dx has a commanding lead alan do we have a sweep um i will say yes and then i will say this is the best wrestling faction bracket after all so not just when you think about the wrestling of that era when you think of factions in general if dx is not one of the first two or three names that come to mind you're doing it wrong so yeah that's my piece dx and a walkover dx is sweeping its way to the sweet 16 we're gonna see who they're playing and with the next pick we're heading over to impact wrestling two of their biggest factions turner you're kicking us off here are we going with aces and eights or the main event mafia mm. this this is from an added from an era of impact wrestling that I wasn't really watching. Uh, oh, I'd you missed so- out. These are good. I, I love both these storylines. I'd, I'd sort of moved into the independent stage of my wrestling. And like I was hardcore into, into pro wrestling gorilla. I was hardcore into Chikara uh, at this point. So I wasn't really watching much of this. However, I, you know, I've gone back and looked at some of the stuff. Um, Aces and eights is just like, it's an NWO ripoff to me. Like it's uh, more than that. It's a DOA ripoff. 
with the whole biker gang thing. So, uh, you know, you had, and, and to be fair, main event mafia was, um, you know, sort of the millionaire's club ripoff from WCW, but it's a lot more talented people in my opinion, and a lot more name power in staying in Kevin Nash and Kurt Angle and Booker T. And, you know, they kind of ran the promotion for six to eight months. They, they had all the titles. I, I think you got to give it to, to main event mafia just on star power alone. Main event mafia has got a first vote. Next pick here goes to Banny. Yeah. Looking at this bracket when I did, I thought this was one of the more interesting uh, matchups. I thought this was a great, two great impact factions um and yeah it is a little bit of a doa ripoff but i think they were also trying to capitalize i think at that time sons of anarchy was on the air yeah you're and right. yeah. and they were just like oh this is very popular let's put a wrestling faction that is essentially a motorcycle club into our programming and it was great i mean you had uh a bunch of different names that i'm forgetting off the top of my head i know uh I think Devon was there. I think D'Lo Brown was in this group at one point. D'Lo, yeah, <laughs> yep. D'Lo yeah, D'Lo was in it. And then I, I actually do remember the reveal of Bully Ray being the leader. And I remember just the shock on people's faces. I remember is like, oh, he's the mastermind pulling all the strings. And then that's when they crowned him champion. And that was amazing. I, I really like it for that reason. I think it is a good thing to look on made event mafia yeah you can't deny it. it's booker t it's sting it's kurt angle this was roughly around the time when he was uh not doing well uh physically but still a menace in the ring <laughs> <laughs> i won't say his nickname here just in case but that's fine um but and all in all i think in the end this is definitely going to aces and eights for me Aces and eights ties it up rowan break that tie yeah, these are definitely things I had to go back and catch up on because it falls right in the middle of the time that I wasn't watching, not just not watching TNA, but not watching wrestling at all. But I mean, for me, it's kind of funny that Mike brought up the whole Bully Ray scene because that is that's really what it comes down to for me. It's so cool. Like, you know, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting and everyone is expecting like everyone is expecting Bully Ray to be like, okay, let's get these jokers out so we can finish the championship fight. And then it becomes very clear that, oh no, oh crikey, uh, Bully Ray was in on it all along. And I find that a lot of fun. I mean, the, the Aces and Eights gimmick was fun to begin with, but that's just such a cool moment that, I mean, as... You're right. Main Event Mafia probably has more of the name power with like Kurt Angle, Sting, Kevin Nash, Booker T, as opposed to, you know, Bully Ray, D'Lo, Devon, etc. <laughs> but like, no, just that mo- for the Bully Ray moment alone, it's aces and eights for me. Aces and eights has a second vote. Uh, let's go to Alan for the next pick. Yeah, so I had to look at this. I had to review this one as well because uh, for me, just where I was living at the time, we didn't really get TNA on TV or whatever where we were at. So, I mean, you really probably still shouldn't get TNA on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you um, unless you're 18 or older. That's exactly. true. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I remember the, looking back at some of these moments, hearing about them, and just, yeah, definitely the star power falls 
much more strongly on one side than the other. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I got to go with Main Event Mafia here. Main Event Mafia ties it up. It's two to two. Chris, you're going to be our last pick. But before we do, does anybody want to go ahead and throw up a buzzer beater to try and sway Chris one way or another? No? Okay, then I will. Okay. Go right uh, ahead, please. Show my rules. If no one else wants to do it, I'm doing it. Listen, Aces and Eights was a really cool storyline until after the reveal. Once the reveal was over and they crowned Bully Champion, it went downhill quick. Are we forgetting the whole Brooke Hogan fiasco? My God, that got bad quick. Main Jared Mafia. Bischoff! Main Event Mafia made Sting a bad guy. And, like, yeah, he kind of walked the line of, is he, he, that, that's the closest we really got to a good run of heel sting. <laughs> so, no, this is main event Mafia to me. Chris, it's your pick, though, man. I am just an impartial host with a lot of opinions. Over to you, sir. <laughs> You're I'll an impartial you host who's partial impartial to main event Mafia. My, <laughs> right. I've got my shell hammer here. Order, I say, order. Anyway, um, I, I tell you what, uh, it's so funny. I uh, Going into this, I was thinking, okay, the answer is going to be aces and eights here because of it elevating uh, Bully Ray from being uh, Mr. Tag Team Guy into being a legitimate world champion for probably, what, about three years, I think it was, that he revol revolved getting the belt back and forth in TNA. Uh, but... Uh, then I remembered there was one member of the main event mafia that I sometimes forget about. That is still my favorite wrestler of all time, or one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. My first favorite wrestler of all time is Mr. Mick Foley. And, uh, if you ever get a chance to see his one man show, hundred percent do it. He's amazing. But one of my other favorite wrestlers right now, uh, and that's currently going on and of all time is Mr. Samoa Joe. And because Samoa Joe was in the main event mafia, and I cannot believe I forgot that he was in the main event mafia, even though it was, mind you, only for about 90 days. It wasn't super long that he was in there. But because of that, my uh, uh, my, my vote, my pick to over t uh, to overtip it is the main event mafia. And they're probably gonna, and, and there's no probably they're about to get smacked around in the second round anyway. So it, it's a moo point. And you know why it's a moot point? Because the sound a cow makes. <laughs> well, uh, because of Sweet Tooth, Man of It Mafia picks That's up. That's right. True. true. I'm glad. Joe's going to kill you. Joe's <laughs> going to kill you. And I will say this. To, uh, to uh, my buddy uh, Ben Young's credit, he I forgot about how what how much of what uh, our friend Rob Cotter says a banger of a uh, of an introduction uh, of an intro music that Joe had in TNA. Go back and listen yeah. to that junk. That's that song was a complete banger. And that'll be our next wrestling bracket. I Ooh. believe we've already talked about doing best wrestling intro. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay, eventually, y'all, we got an oh, eighty movie gotcha. bracket gotcha. finished. We got a lot to do. Oh. A lot of work. Not enough to do in the week. Mr. Turner will, yeah, Mr. Turner will tell you there will be fighting going on on that one. <laughs> oh, I have opinions on entrance music. <laughs> Is it going to be the five seed of Raven's Flock or the twelve seed of the Dark Order? Yeah, going into this one was fun, um, mainly because Raven's Flock was definitely before my time. Uh, but seeing as that you know AEW coming in with Dark Order, um. They had such an interesting thing of who 
essentially their exalted one was and rest in peace, Mr. Brody Lee, uh, an amazing guy. Amazing. He is always going to be TNT champion. He is one of the best ever. And I love that he was, you know, just an exaggeration of Mr. McMahon and it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, and it sucks that due to his passing, they really haven't had a lot of footing in the company and they haven't had a lot of good storytelling. They're definitely trying right now, especially with the righteous. And I think that's great. I think it's a step in the right path. Give them that darker edge that they had in the beginning. I think that's a great idea, but you're going with Raven and his whole flock. I mean, this has Raven's flock, Raven's nest. Like it, it, it had so many different variations in different companies and it's like Raven's followers. One of those was uh, Phil Brooks, um, uh, uh, chick magnet punk, if you will. Um, uh, and so at this point, sadly, I'm uh, not going for Dark Order, but Raven's Nest or Raven's Flock here. No, Raven and his uh, band of merry, merry men, men. <laughs> have picked up the first vote. Next pick here, we're going to Rowan. Yeah, I don't I don't have the strongest opinion on this just because I wasn't really I wasn't really into into ECW in particular when like Raven was the biggest thing going there. And I wasn't into AEW yet when the Dark Order was really it's, you know, OG format with Brody Lee in it. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I almost wish I were last voting here just because <laughs> I would probably be receptive to a to, to an impassioned speech to go one way or the other. That said, just from what I've been able to sort of pick back up on going back, it's like, I don't know, Raven just seemed like a, like, a a leader, a pillar, an institution in like mid nineties ECW. And so just with that and just how much of when I think of that, I think of Raven, I'm going to go with Raven's flock and it's various incarnations. Oh, the flock has got a second vote. Uh, let's go over to Alan, see what he thinks. Um, Much like other people for other factions, I could not care less either way on either of these two uh, groups who, to me, are basically there to fill time on their shows. That's my opinion, and you can message me directly and I'll defend it. Um, yeah, I don't really care either way here. I mean, I remember these. This is when I was, you know, Raven's Flock. I remember Raven, Sick Boy, Stevie Richards. All of those guys, Saturn, and yeah. So, but but if I had to pick, which obviously I do, I will go with Dark Order. Dark Order's got its first vote. Next pick here goes to Chris. Yeah, and Dark Order is going to get their second vote. Um, honestly, one Raven, especially uh, I I was watching wrestling in the time of uh, ECW. I was watching wrestling in the time. Uh, of when he went to WCW for that brief little period of time or whatnot and, and then bopped around in WWE a little bit. Raven, anytime he was coming on to wrestle, was my time to go take a poo. I was just absolutely <laughs> just this guy. To me, he was boring. It was not interesting and was just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it just And I didn't understand one bit the people that were like, oh, did you watch the Raven match? It's like, 
no, I literally went to fix me some dinner when he came on. It was just like, it was just, it, it, to me, he was not a good wrestler. He was not entertaining. I did not enjoy him in one bit. Uh, maybe I missed something. If so, feel free to let me know a match or two that I should watch. I'll be more than happy to watch it again. I, like I said, I've been wrong in the past. I'll be wrong again. But let's talk about the uh, the new, or excuse me, the Dark Order. Dark Order, uh, I got a chance to go see um uh, to see AEW, uh, one of the first times uh, when F- uh, Fight for the Fallen came uh, was in Jacksonville for the very first time. Being in Jacksonville is pretty easy to head over to Daly's Place and watch and watch some matches there. And Dark Order came out and wrestled, and I cannot remember who they wrestled, and I apologize for that. I should have probably looked it up beforehand. Uh, but I just remember being very entertained by that match with Evil Uno and uh, and Stu Grayson, and I was like, okay, this is great. I I, I could, and then they had the creepy little thing at the end of it where they're um where they're trying to get people to join them and whatnot and then uh, just to wrap up because i know i'm almost out of time on this but just to have uh mr Brody lee be involved in it and um I, I, uh, mr baney i think was 100 percent right once he died it's it just unfortunately dark order just they didn't know what to do with them and they're still struggling even to this day to figure out what to do with them but i i still like the individual parts of the dark order to find out what happens and for me even though they haven't been around as long or have as much of a deep playlist as raven's flock raven's nest raven's poo people i don't know i'm just gonna i'm still gonna go with dark order so dark order tied it up two to two and before we go over to turner Another opportunity for a buzzer beater. Anybody want to go ahead and lodge theirs now? I think I said my piece just a second ago. Do you really want to go with just <laughs> one of the most boring wrestlers ever? Well, I, mean, I get to lodge my buzzer beater because I've got some opinions here. Um, Why does that just not surprise anyone? <laughs> I, my show and I always have opinions on everything. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Uh, listen, the cult leader impact of Raven I thought was really cool. I love the fact that he would just hit the ring and sit in the corner and let the minions do all the work, then he would pick up the scraps. Uh, the, the cult leader part of that was cool, but Raven's flock hit a new high when Billy Kidman got involved. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my piece on it. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. Uh, Dark Order just hasn't done a whole lot since he passed, but uh, Turner, it's your pick, man. I have no say in this other than to listen to myself talk. Take us away. Scott Levy is a musical genius. I, d- I, just, I just wanted to throw that out there first. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris, you kind of you, you stole a little bit of my thunder. I was going to mention the oxymoron that is Kidman uh, and the uh, the the rise of, of Billy Kidman throughout the cruiserweight division in WCW and uh, shout out to Perry Saturn as well. The rest of them were pretty talentless hacks, but I'm not here to talk about WCW Ravens flock because it it ended up being pretty irrelevant. Um, I'm here to talk about anyone that knows me knows that uh, more than WCW, more than WWF ECW was my jam. It was like the thing that my friends and I would like, oh, WWF in 95 kind of sucked. It wasn't very good. WCW in 95 really sucked. It was pitiful with Hogan, you know, like the Dungeon of Doom. Like, get out of here with that bullshit. That's why they didn't make the bracket. Um, ECW was legitimately cool for someone that liked wrestling and was in high school and wanted to watch wrestling with his friends. Like you had the use of actual 
licensed music, even though Paulie was using it illegally. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just so like it was so counterculture, and it was led by a man named Scott Levy playing the character of Raven, the incarnation of Kurt Cobain, if you will. Um, and his minions, and he ran that promotion for a good two years. I'm, I'm getting the wrap it up motion. Uh, but yeah, much love to Brody Lee. Dark Order has just floundered since his untimely passing. So uh, this is Raven's flock. Raven's flock. All right. Uh, fine, Michael. Fine. Hey there, PTE Network listeners. Do you like fantasy sports? Pouring over stats and trash-talking your league as you take home the trophy? Do you dislike fantasy sports? Have no idea what PPR is and prefer to keep it that way? No matter how you answered those questions, this podcast is just for you. On draft days, we play fantasy sports, just without the sports. Instead of drafting athletes, we draft anything. Fictional dogs? Sure. New metal bands? Absolutely. Breakfast cereal? Why not? Everything is up for grabs as we try to build the best fantasy teams possible. The best part? I made up a bunch of rules that allow us to score points so someone gets to walk away the winner. Listen along as my guests and I have a few drinks and have a lot of fun building fantasy teams out of whatever we feel like. Starting this February, you can join me, your old pal Jeffy Donuts, every Wednesday for new episodes of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a pun. It's a beer pun. Rowan, we're putting this in your more than capable hands. Kick us off here. The four seed is the bloodline. The 13 seed is the triple threat. Well, what got me started watching wrestling again was that Royal Rumble. What kept me coming back was the fact that Roman La- Roman Reigns and the Bloodline made me feel feelings. Like, I love Roman Reigns, and it's because I've always been drawn to books, fictional characters, what have you, that tap into either things that I wish I could find in myself or things that I see in myself that sort of read me for the worst I can possibly be. And honestly, Roman Reigns is a little from column A, a little from column B for me. (laughs) And I love him and I stan him and he is just, I mean, it's kind of a one, like who's my favorite in WWE right now? It's really a 1-1-A between Reigns and Ripley. And just, no, I I love Roman Reigns and his, like, his just complete... Yeah, you know, like I'm the head of the table and I belong here. And just that is just that is a confidence I wish I could find in myself sometimes. Um, His absolute disregard for other people is absolutely horrible. And also something that, you know, I find in myself when I'm at my worst. And so there's just (laughs) like his character taps into so many of the just either mirrors or absolutely opposes so many of the worst parts in me that I find his character that compelling. There are so many other things about the bloodline and I'm sure y'all are going to say plenty of them, but yeah, I mean, 
those are just the highlights for me. It is absolutely the bloodline in a walkover. Bloodline's got the first vote. Alan. Yeah, for me, Bloodline's going to absolutely get their, their second vote. You know, the the Roman Reigns, we will definitely acknowledge him here. Um, the Usos, I see you, Turner. Um, <laughs> the Usos, I mean, the whole Sami Zayn storyline was incredible. Um, definitely, definitely put, you know, put Sami even more over than he w- already was. Definitely helped him. Um, and now with Solo, I mean, I'm loving that stuff, even though they're kind of falling apart. But, um, yeah, and plus he's, you know, the longest reigning champion of all time. So definitely the bloodline here. Bloodline's got a second vote. Chris? Um, You know, I really would love to do triple threat just to try to shake things up a little bit. I mean, in all fairness, they've got some unbelievable people in their stable. I mean, they've got Dean Malenko, Shane Douglas, uh, He Who Must Not Be Named, uh, Too Cold Scorpio, Chris Cantino, <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow, for goodness sakes. Uh, one of my favorite old school wrestlers in Lance Storm. Um, I, trust me, if I could have Lance Storm suplex me, I'd totally do that. Um, that would just be amazing. Um. But yeah, it's just you're you're talking about uh, a a group that was not really super. I mean, uh, th- that was not really super big into storylines through. I mean, through ECW, and then when they came back and did it through WCW, which was just ridiculous in its own right. To the, uh, I mean, a to a faction that um, WWE has basically put all their poker chips in and said, we're all in and they've been in all in for three years now. Uh, and again, is it annoying at times? Absolutely. Uh, but you know, I can honestly say that there's been plenty of times that I've said, okay, this is when Reigns is going to lose. And so far I have been wrong, wrong, wrong. And you know what? I, as much as it frustrates me, part of me kind of digs it a little bit. <laughs> To quote Dr. Cox, wrong, 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 <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. All right. Bloodline picks up another vote. Turner. Uh, so in in the previous one, I you know went I went in all in on my ECW fandom, and everyone should know that about me. Uh, with that said, the Bloodline turned around WWE's fortunes. I, I don't think you can deny that. Uh, you know, pandemic had a lot to do with it, obviously, but I mean, they were floundering in 2019. Like that was a bad promotion to watch. People did it out of habit. And Roman kind of came in and he, he changed the game, kind of. Uh, look at the Usos. This was a very underrated tag team who were stuck in tag team them. They were just stuck having matches with the New Day. Great matches, sure, but you didn't buy them at the top of the card until Roman put them on the island of relevancy, as he called it. Look at Sami Zayn. You know, fantastic undercard wrestler, never going to be a main eventer. There were millions of people who bought that man winning the world championship, and they probably should have pulled the trigger. So as much as I love the triple threat, I, I love I love Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is just a, the biggest mouth in the business. He's, he's, a, he's a decent guy. 
decent wrestler. Uh, much love to Malenko. RIP to Bigelow. Candido. Candido such an underused talent. But yeah, this is the bloodline. Bloodline in a walk. Bloodline's got its fourth vote. Banny, do we have a sweep? You're damn right we do. Raise them up. <laughs> we are going for the bloodline here for sure. I mean, yeah, everybody's been talking about it. Uh, hell, yeah, it was it was SummerSlam 2020. Um, and then that's when everybody knew what uh, he Reigns came back and demolished the Fiend and Braun Strowman after their match at SummerSlam. And everybody went, oh, cool. He's heelish tendencies. Cool. He then signs a contract. Oh, he's with Paul Heyman. People start coming back. That's when it got interesting. And then you have the whole thing with Jay and the the I quit and the Hell in a Cell is one of the best storyline matches I have ever seen. You then have just everything going up to it, all the tension. I mean, a- adding essentially the reincarnation of Umaga in Solo Sokoa to this group is phenomenal. It is excellent. I love the bloodline. I love the Sami Zayn stuff. I love all the Jey Uso stuff. If only Cody Rhodes could finish his fucking story. But <laughs> <laughs> that's about the only gripe that I had. I was pissed night two of WrestleMania, but I think a lot of people were anyway because night one was perfect. But yeah, uh, going 5-0, Bloodline, raise them up. They are in your city. But you know what? And that says something about the faction, too, that you were that mm-hmm. angry when he lost. Oh, and, yeah. And trust me, uh, Alan and Michael and I have had this conversation before where it's like, I, I'm just, I'm done with Roman Reigns have uh, completely having the title and being a part-timer. Uh, I mean, and, and the fact that WWE has no problems with that, not having that belt on for months on end frustrates the crap out of me. But it is, I mean, but you know what? I don't know of another person that gets me that emotional or that frustrated when he wins or uh, when he wins. And I can't think of it. And in a very long time. Well, the Judgment Day, not the Judgment Day. Wow. The bloodline is moving on to the Speed 16. We are moving on. Alan, you're kicking us off here. Our play-in game winner, the sixth seed is the Judgment Day. The 11th seed is House of Black. Take us away, sir. Wow, so we have a, I guess what, hus- husband-wife matchup? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Because Rhea's, or well, they're engaged. I don't know if they're actually right. married. They're not yeah. married yet, but fiancé matchup. Right. Yeah, this is, this is tough because, I mean, I'm, oh, this is really tough. I mean, I love, love the House of Black. What they're doing is incredible. The lights go out, they appear. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, Alistair is, is is phenomenal. Loved him since the very since the first time I ever saw him. Um, name his name escapes me now, but the big dude with all the tattoos, Brody Lee, Brody King. King, yeah, Brody King, and then, uh. Buddy, whatever, Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews. I mean, they're they're and now Julia Hart. I mean, they're they're fantastic. Judgment Day. Yeah. Oof. I mean, how do you pick? Jeez, I hate that you guys put this like this. Um, I will go House of Black. House of Black picked up the first vote. 
next pick here is going to Chris. Um, it's funny because in the playing game, I, I 100% went uh, Nexus. Uh, I'm not a big Judgment Day fan, um, but I will tell you this. Um, I've been very fortunate to live in Jacksonville, Florida, because one, we get a lot of AEW stuff, but then also we've got a lot of NXT stuff. A lot of NXT stuff because we are on their, um, I think they call it the coconut circuit where, they, and they haven't done it as much uh, since COVID, but beforehand, we were literally getting shows every other month here in town. Yep. And so I saw, um, I, I saw uh, Malachi Black or um, oh, Alistair. Alistair, Alistair Black. Thank you, Alistair Black during that point in time. And the thing that frustrated me was Alistair was unbelievable in every pay-per-view match or every, uh, excuse me, premium live event uh, that I saw him for, I mean, for NXT, for every takeover, he was fantastic. But when I saw him wrestle in person, I was underwhelmed. I was a hundred percent underwhelmed. I didn't think he brought it for us, um, the live crowd one bit. And I was just wondering how much was hidden in that. So, because of that, because he's their head, and because also Chris is telling me I need to finish up, I'm going to say Judgment Day because I cannot, I cannot vote for Malachi Black um, just because I do not think he's a very good in-person wrestler. Judgment Day ties it up one to one. Turner, take us away. Uh, so Chris and I had the argument putting together this bracket that uh, said what what. Give me House of Black's credentials. I said, okay. Longest reigning AEW trios champions. Uh, Malachi and Brody King are currently the pro wrestling gorilla tag team champions. That's Knights of the Black Throne. Almost two years running now. Now, a lot of that's because PWG is not holding a lot of shows right now due to Super Dragon's uh, girlfriend having cancer. Uh, all the thoughts in the world to her. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia will win the TBS championship coming up at full gear mark my words this will be out after that if, if i'm wrong send me the receipt uh but that's what that that's what that's why uh sky blues in the match so julia can pin her not statlander uh <laughs> look it up i'll be right um uh, with that said i'm going judgment day because i think house of black has been underutilized for whatever reason i don't know if malachi's injured injured quotation marks uh, or Tony just only uses them sparingly. I think there's so much more to do there. And I think Judgment Day is kind of going their full potential right now. So I will say Judgment Day. Judgment Day picks up a second vote. Banny, over to you. Yeah, so in the play-in round, I definitely gave Judgment Day their flowers. I mean, you have an amazing women's champion in Rhea Ripley. She had uh, one of the best women's matches of the year. Uh, at WrestleMania against Charlotte, it was phenomenal. You then have, yeah, Damian Priest doing a decent job as kind of like a all the conflict of who's leading the Judgment Day. You have Finn Balor, who's always a well-rounded guy. Uh, JD McDonough is actually a smaller favorite of mine that I always like to talk about. And then, yeah, I, I mentioned everything. Um, and then you have Dominic Mysterio always uh, doing his heelish tendencies. But if you think I'm giving Eddie Guerrero's son a vote over House of Black with Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King, you're fucking crazy. 
I, give me House of Black all day, every day. Their run as trios champions with the House of Black rules, that was essentially, it was light version of John Cena's Open Challenge for the U.S. Championship. I loved these House of Black matches with everything like that. Also, not to mention, the House of Black started and then WWE went, hey, we should do that. And then they made the Judgment Day. So you're looking at a copy-paste almost because they try to do it kind of eerily stuff. But regardless, House of Black over Judgment Day here. Well, this is interesting because we now have an opportunity for perhaps the most epic heel turn of all time if Rowan smacks Rhea with a steel chair. Rowan, before we go to you, did anybody want to use their buzzer beater? I didn't think no, so. No, no, no way. I, I, I want to find out. I want to see how this goes. <laughs> Literally, we're all at the edge of our seats. Rowan, take us away. I mean, I was big old thumbs downing you when you were saying Julia Hart was going to win Chris Statlander's belt. And it's not because I dislike Julia Hart. I love her vibe. I love the House of Black's vibe. Julia Hart is a dang good wrestler and getting better every minute. I'm just, I'm just a big old Statlander stan, and I want Statlander to keep the belt. Like, you know, going back talking about live wrestling, like, you know, seeing Chris Statlander made me go, like, holy shit! I love you on TV, but live, I love you even more. Like, you own an arena Statlander. Like, I love Chris Statlander. But anyway, the question here is Judgment Day versus House of Black. And there ain't no Rowan hitting Rhea Ripley with a steel chair. No, never gonna happen. Mommy's always on top. Mommy can always hit me with a steel chair anytime she wants. Sorry, buddy Matthew's not sorry. And yeah, um, e- even though even though calling Dom Dom a jabroni is my entire personality, I, I, I love the rest of the Judgment Day. I especially love Rhea Ripley. There's no way. Like, House of Black is good, but Judgment Day sings to me. I'm going Judgment Day. Well, and here I thought we were going to be J.D. McDonough with Judgment Day, but we are not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You can my bag of tricks here, guys. It's running out. Uh, We've got three picks left in this episode. Chris, we're going to you to start this one off with. The three seed is the shield. The 14 seed, the Heenan family, take us away. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, again, the Heenan family uh, was one of was one of those groups. That's what I started watching. That's what that was around that point in time was when I started watching wrestling. Uh, the Saturday Night Main Events, because again, we're talking about the WWE version. Because I don't think there was another. There's not a. Uh, there's not an NWA version of the Heenan family or one of the other ones. I'm asking y'all because I don't a- know. AWA. Yeah. The OG, the OG Heenan family was AWA. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you. See, this is, I, uh, this is also, not only is this opinions, but you learn crap. So I appreciate that y'all. And they did, they uh, did have an NWA version as well. Then went back to the AWA and then went to the WWF. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, but the one I'm thinking of is the Brain Busters and uh, just the, the classic WWE one. And it's just and I can go on and on as a tag team about the Brain Busters because you want to talk about one of the best rest, I mean, tag teams 
ever to come across, but also one of the more underrated ones because people don't really ever talk about them and they're just unbelievable. But then you've got the freaking shield and you've got three guys that are hundred percent surefire hall of famers. And, uh, you, you gave them an unbelievable gimmick. You had them walking through the, I mean, you had them walking through the arenas. I mean, a fact that John Moxley's still doing it right now. Uh, and, uh, and then the fact that, um, they made, they just caused so much havoc and so much trouble for the better part of two years. I mean, it was all about the shield and the, and the WWE, and uh, you know what? When a faction takes over the whole organization, or if we're in Canada, organization, then you know what? Uh, you got to give it to them. So for me, it's the Shield. Shield picked up the first vote. Turner, over to you. So this this one, I'm I'm pretty genuinely torn because you know, like I I'm an old school guy. Like like Chris said, this is. The Heenan family is what I was brought up on. Like I still, you know, the 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 promo from uh from WrestleMania three, you know, if you burn the family, you're never heard from again. But the problem was they were never very successful. It was more an outlet for Bobby. Like Colossal Connection had a tag team title run. Perfect had the Intercontinental title run. After that, it was a lot, a lot of hakus and barbarians and Brooklyn brawlers. Like, <laughs> not not a lot going on here. In the Shield, you have three of the legit biggest stars in wrestling to this day, um, and they were equally as good at heels as they were as baby faces. Uh, so. To me, just measured basically on, on success, you have to go with the shield. And you know, as uh, Turner does his best Scott Stapp impression, he is in fact tall. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking Natalie and Brulia, but oh no, Creed Torn, one of my karaoke jams. Freaking love that song. Freaking love Creed. Nice. There we are. <laughs> they have four good songs. They're off all off of my own prison, but we're gonna move. <laughs> It's 2-0 for the Shield. Next pick goes to Bainey. Yeah, and they're going to be going 3-0 here. Um, the Shield has... The rise and fall of the Shield are still things that are talked about today when it comes to the modern era of wrestling and how it's done. Especially when it comes to the dissension of the group members, how everybody thought it was going to be Ambrose that walked away. And then all of a sudden, Seth Rollins is plan B. The betrayal is still... I remember, if you go back and watch the clip, the betrayal happens. One guy shouts no, and then it's silent for like about three seconds. And then people realize what's going on. It is mesmerizing. That is how you do a heel turn within a faction. That is beautifully done. And I'll give credit to the Heenan family. I mean, yeah, you have the the Brain Busters. You have Andre. Uh, and like when he was going up against Hogan, that, that was a huge deal in that. But yeah, you have three future Hall of Famers, no matter where they are. Three of the best workers today in Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and John Moxley now. Uh, I'm, yeah, three, three nil, Shield. Rowan, over to you. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta. It's the Shield. 
I mean, even though the Shields day was again, like right in the middle of the time that I wasn't watching, it's one of those things I go back to and just they had presence, they had coherence, they just, you know, they were, they walked into a room and you knew, like, I mean, they're, they're the shield. It's like that all three of them have all this individual star power now. And it's actually kind of funny to look back. It's, it is special when you look back on them as a group and they had such coherence as a group. And now you look at them as these individual stars. And I mean, you know, personally, I'm a lot more into Roman and even, you know, John Moxley now than I am into Rollins. Like I'm not a Rollins fan. I love Moxley and I love Reigns, but like, it's just special where you have this group that comes in as a group. They're so strong. And then now again, just three of the top stars in the industry. Got to go with the shield. Shield picks up a fourth vote. Last pick, it goes to Allen. Yeah, th- this is going to be the shield. I mean, like you know, everybody said, you know, you've got two current champions phenomenal champions even though Rollins leaves a lot for me to desire as far as his ring attire but you know that's his own thing and but he gets everybody singing when he comes in god his ring attire is about the only thing I like about him (laughs) that's not true we like his wife true his wife and his ring attire (laughs) his laugh is fun to mimic but yeah no I mean it's definitely the shield there I mean respect to the Heenan family even going all the way back to you know AWA you've got you know with Cowboy Bob Orton, Blackjack Mulligan, those guys. I mean, you know, legends of the business for sure. But, you know, definitely going to be the shield here. AWA, NWA. You can check out our AMA on our Patreon feed. We are moving on like the shield. Always be plugging, Baney. I got that from you. Also, now I have to record an AMA. All right, we are moving on. (laughs) The shield is moving on, sweeping its way into the round of 16. We got two picks left. Turner, you're kicking us off here. The seventh seed, the Dangerous Alliance. The ten seed, the Inner Circle. Over to you. Mm, okay. So here we go. Old school WCW fan. I the the Inner Circle to me is it, it's it's a it's a Jericho Circle jerk is what it is, and it hasn't amounted to anything. Um, they, you know, it was just protecting Jericho for six months until Moxley could take the belt off him. Uh, Guevara is still stuck between heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face. Santana and Ortiz broke up in real life. They don't like each other anymore. If, if, if they'd have won the titles, I, I might be intended to go in a different direction. I'm not even going to mention Jake Hager cause he's useless. Um, <laughs> he, he does love his hat. That's that's very true. That's 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 a, that's a gimmick nowadays. No, this is the easiest battle ever. Dangerous Alliance, all day, every day. They held damn near every title in the Federation except for the world title because Luger's a dick and would only give it up to Sting. Uh, Rude was a dominant U.S. champion. Uh, Anderson and Eaton dominant tag champions. Steve Austin dominant television champion. And uh, who can forget the Cruncher Larry Zabisco? Uh, Dangerous Alliance. Banny, over to you. Yeah, Mike just covered everything that I wanted to talk about, so that's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, no, based on just the championships alone and the the star power 
uh, Dangerous Alliance is definitely going to be going over the Inner Circle. I mean, we're now looking at Inner Circle 2.0, kind of, in the Jericho Appreciation Society, if they're even still a thing at this point. Basically, no one knows, which is great to have for your wrestling faction. Uh, yeah, Santuna and Ortiz should have held the t- titles at some point. They had many opportunities to. People thought they were going to, and they just never pulled the trigger on them, which was insane because they were one of the big signings from impact to aew and it wasn't was nuts that they never did pull the trigger but yeah probably not gonna be a thing anymore uh because i don't that is behind the scenes stuff that i don't have access to uh to know but yeah i'm definitely going dangerous alliance over the inner circle jerk dangerous alliance got a second vote next pick here is going to Hmm. Rowan. Oh, this is an easy one for me. I mean, back when I was like, a lot has changed between Rowan in like second, third grade and Rowan at age 40, almost 41. You know what one thing has not changed? I want to be Paul Heyman. Like elementary school aged me, I thought... Paul E. Dangerously was the freaking man. He just seemed in charge of it all, badass, just cock of the walk whenever he walked out there. He had the baddest bunch of wrestlers in WCW, you know, at his beck and call. And, oh, like, y'all have already covered the coolness of the wrestlers of the Dangerous Alliance. And they were pretty cool, but for me, it was all about the absolute marvel that is Paul E. Dangerously. Dangerous Alliance forever. 3-0. All right. Let's see what Alan has to say. Uh, Yeah, this was pretty easy for me because, like everybody says, you know, the inner circle, like I said, just just there to protect Jericho. Um, Dangerous Alliance is going to get my vote here simply because they have uh, from ECW, one of the dude I saw the, do the most crazy things in and around above the ring, and that was Sabu. That man was incredible. The things he would do in around above a wrestling ring, just just insane. Uh, so yeah, Dangerous Alliance here for me. Or nil, Dangerous Alliance. Do we have the sweep here, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. You have the sweep uh, again. Uh, and actually, my my argument it will be very very short. Uh, the Dangerous Alliance WCW gave us freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's it. That's all you need to know. Without the Dangerous Alliance, there is no Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that's my argument. Dangerous Alliance got a 5-0 win as we move on to our last pick of the evening. And, Bandy, I'm putting this in your slightly capable hands. (laughs) The (laughs) two-seed, the NWO Wolfpack edition, or the 15-seed of the Wyatt family. Now, so when I got back into wrestling in 2015, there was one gentleman that had my and he had the whole world in his hands man that is Wyndham rotunda that's bray wyatt the idea of this cult leader wyatt family backwoods louisiana type shtick was 
something I personally, because I was still kind of fresh back into it, nothing I've ever seen before. And it enthralled me. And then looking back at, I mean, even their NXT run with Rowan and Harper as tag champs for a little bit. And then you get into, they floundered for a, a, a tad. I'll be honest. Yeah, a tad. Um, and then you have uh, their tag champions with Orton, of all people. And then him becoming world champion was mind-boggling to me. And then they were going to make them a uh he, they were going to make Wyatt a face at one point um but then Roman got injured or something like that um or i think it was actually uh his uh leukemia came back but that that besides the point i was enthralled by the Wyatt family i still love the whole idea of the Wyatt family i never watched wcw growing up i didn't know of the splinter faction between hollywood and wolfpack until way later. So for this, I'm hoping for the upset and I'm going Wyatt family over the Wolfpack. Wyatt family's got the first vote. Rowan over to you. I mean, this was a pretty easy one for me. Like when I came back to watching wrestling, when I was in high school, um, I was a lot like, I watched very little WCW then watched a lot more WWE then. Um, you know, the NWO and the NWO split, you know, yeah, it was fine. It's just, it didn't suck me in. Whereas one of the things that I had to catch back up on after I got back into it this year, because it happened before, but you know, going back and like watching the old matches and I'm, I think the Wyatt family is so freaking cool. Like the wrestling cult thing has been tried on multiple occasions. I mean, we even talked quite a bit earlier today about some wrestling cult things with like Raven's flock dark order um you know stuff like that spin off with the righteous it's like but there's been no wrestling cult thing that just sucks me in and gets me excited like going back and watching wyatt family stuff i mean my favorite bray wyatt is probably firefly funhouse bray wyatt only because like the demented kids show thing just rules but he's also just He's such a good cult leader. And just with that, just because they're the ones I go back and watch, which I don't with the NWO Wolfpack, absolutely the Wyatt family. Wyatt family's up 2 0 on the two seed. Alan, we're going to you. Yeah. Um NWO Wolfpack, like like everybody, like others have said here, just just never really I liked the NWO when they first started. Didn't much care for the, the splintering of the faction. So, yeah, that much like, uh, um, definitely much love for for Wyatt and that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, much like uh, Duke in, in their tournament brackets, this will be a 15 beating a 2. NWO, Wolfpack. As a Duke fan, bite me. <laughs> <laughs> The NW Wolfpack is out. But I want to hear from everybody. That includes Mr. Hollister. Yeah, it's going to be a 4 0. Uh, again, it's just uh, if you ask me to be able to tell you the difference, uh, the difference between NW and NW Wolfpack, I couldn't do it. 
I just couldn't. Uh, because by this point in time... They were red, Chris. They yeah, they were red. red. That was right. Oh my gosh, you're right. They were red okay, and they were faces. I changed, that was I've it. changed my mind. I totally... <laughs> no. no, I haven't changed my mind. Um, because I'm sorry. It's just this... By this point in time, WCW had become irrelevant. They truly have become irrelevant because this was this was when this was after Mick won the title, uh, after uh, Shivani was forced by uh, Bischoff to say uh, to give uh, to just tear down um, Mick, even though he didn't want to. Um, and I remember that I still remember that super well because um, I I was watching it and I was super happy because I, I'm big Mick Foley Mark. Uh, but to say all this to say. Uh, the only, to me, I've never been the biggest Bray Wyatt fan, but the Wyatt family was interesting to me. The Wyatt family as a whole, uh, was, it was just super interesting. And, uh, because of that, uh, and it's, I think they broke up too soon. Um, I think they really messed it up quite a bit. I think they could have gone on another easily six months to another year run with them. And they just decided to. Uh, to screw it up like WWE does from time to time. It's like, oh, this is going too well. Let's shake things up a bit and, and because we're smarter than everybody else. Yeah, no, you're not. And so anyway, but Wyatt Family moves on for me. The Wyatt Family sweeping its way through to the Sweet 16. And uh, to me, I, I, I love the NWO Wolfpack. That was kind of when I, was, I stopped watching wrestling. But the idea of... Uh, Big Daddy Diesel, Kevin Nash being a babyface was awesome to me. I, I loved it. Um, I think probably the only time in his career, really, until he became a stripper in Magic Mike, that he was someone that, that yes, yes, Big Daddy Diesel was a stripper in Magic Mike. I know that. Now you do, too. <laughs> Thanks. The I hate more it. you know. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> you know, the Wyatt family. Holy wasted potential Batman. All right. Just proof that Vince McMahon has no idea what he's doing in the latter part, latter stages of his uh, show running. That's the last pick for the night. So let's recap what just happened. Chris, oh, dude, I did not get to go. Yeah, dude, you are you are entrant number seventeen in the Royal Rumble, and you got chair shot on the way down the ramp. Kane took oh, your oh, no. <laughs> Curtis Axel. Damn, that, that also right? Chris already knows your answer on this yeah. one. <laughs> Go ahead, Turner. I, I know the answer. I already wrote it down, so go right ahead. As the WCW expert here, I feel inclined to tell everyone, in the words of Conan, Odele, let me speak on this. Wolfpack fucking sucked. <laughs> the, the sequel slash spinoff is never as good as the original. This was mismatched talent doing mismatched things wearing different face face paint because we were edgy um listen i i respect everything about the white i respect nearly everything about the white family bray white is such a cool character such a cool persona the entrance music is one of the best of the modern era it was so cool to, to hear them play it live at wrestlemania 30 in ring I will not speak ill of the dead. I'm not a huge fan of Bray's in-ring, but they're so much cooler as a group, as a persona, than Wolfpack ever could think of being. This is Wyatt Family. Wyatt Family picks up the vote. The now th it's officially a sweep. <laughs> yeah. Somehow Curtis Axel got back in the ring and someone threw him right back. 
Castlevania. <laughs> he can still win. On hey, look, he he was never he he was never eliminated. Never eliminated. No, never, never eliminated. No. Mm-mm. Longest Rumble entrant ever. That's right. We're done. We're done for the night. So just to recap, this is what the Sweet 16 on this part of the bracket is going to look like as we go forward. So reminder, y'all got to make these choices, not me. Good luck. It's going to be DX against the Main Event Mafia. Raven's Flock against the Bloodline. The Judgment Day versus the Shield. And the Dangerous Alliance <laughs> Wyatt family. Oof. That's going to be... That That bottom half that's is going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. We will get to that on episode three of this bracket. Next week, we've got the second half of the round of 32. So you want to come back because there are some heavy hitters on that one. Like, I don't know, the Four Horsemen, the NWO, Evolution, and the New Day. We're having all those next week. <laughs> God bless Kofi Mania. Listen, <laughs> if you enjoy the antics we get into here in the, on Boozy Bracketology, patreon.com slash PTEBB is one way to do that. Otherwise, check the show notes for the Discord, the Facebook group, all that fun stuff. Most of us are actually on the Discord server, so come on and tell us why we're idiots. We already know, but we're cool with it. Come on over. Have a good time. For Boozy Bracketology, I've been your host, Chris. I've been the nature boy. Woo! Next episode, bro. Next episode. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to do it. I've been Baney. I've been not Rhea Ripley or Roman Reigns, but I wish I were. I've been Alan. <laughs> and I've been Chris Light. No, no. You <laughs> stole my nickname. No, no, Chris no, Bo- no, no. That's Chris Light. You're Chris Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> my line. Not at all. It is Chris Zero to me. <laughs> I'm going to be new Chris. Y'all, until next weekend, and have a good week. We'll see you next time.